What's going on, everyone, and welcome into another edition of B Shave Daily. It's a wild card game edition here on the show as the Cardinals are set to square off with the Los Angeles Dodgers. One game to advance, one game to go home. The outcome of the wild card game on Wednesday will dictate where the Cardinals go from there, if anywhere. Their options being San Francisco or golfing. Those are the two choices for the Cardinals. Look, it's been a miraculous ride for the Cardinals to get to where they are. A 90-win season, the 17-game win streak in September to overcome all of those other teams that were fighting for a wild-card spot in the National League. You had the Reds, you had the Padres, you had the Phillies, you had the Mets there for a minute. You had a lot of uncertainty, and the Cardinals pretty much did away with all of it by simply winning baseball games. Sounds easy, difficult to pull off. The Cardinals did it in that miraculous September run, winning 17 straight, distancing themselves from the field, and securing a spot in this game Wednesday, October 6th with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yes, they've got to play this game on the road because the Dodgers won a million games. The Giants won a million and one games, and therefore were able to win the NL West, forcing the Dodgers into this one-game scenario. And the world has the Dodgers, folks. Everybody is on Los Angeles in this game. If you look at Twitter, I mean, the only place that you could look that doesn't have that as the predicted outcome would be the poll that I put at B. Schaefer 12 on Twitter earlier Tuesday evening. I'm recording this late Tuesday night. The poll that I put on Twitter asking for people to call their shot and make their pick in the upcoming wildcard game on Wednesday. And I'm going to pull up the results right here so I can give you a live update. Won't be live by the time you're listening to the show. But it was overwhelming in favor of the Cardinals, and it still is that way. 1,318 votes, over 1,000 votes in in about five hours. 84.8% of the voting population has the Cardinals in this game. Just 15.2% have the Dodgers. If you saw my tweet at B. Schaefer 12, I tweeted out my entire postseason predictions. And so if you saw that, you know where I lay. Lay? Lie? You know where I stand when it comes to the Cardinals versus the Dodgers on Wednesday. And I've pretty much tipped my hand previous to this episode. If you've been listening to B-Shape Daily in recent weeks as the Cardinals were on their streak, I flipped. I came to a point where I said, I don't see any way, first of all, that the Cardinals don't make it into the postseason. That, of course, came to fruition. And then I said, I don't see any way the Cardinals don't at least get to the NLCS. I think they're going to find a way to win the one game, whether it's the Dodgers or the Giants. And, of course, it ended up being the Dodgers after on the last day of the season, the Giants won to eliminate Los Angeles from that race in the NL West. So it's the Dodgers. But I said, it doesn't matter. The Max Scherzer of it all, to me, doesn't matter. The Cardinals have faced stiff odds before. They faced stiff odds in September 5th when Daniel Vogelbach hit a grand slam to we thought, maybe end their season. And it turned out that was far from the case. The Cardinals had a lot of fight left in them. And so the Cardinals have been with their backs up against the wall before. We've seen them emerge victorious in those situations. And everybody in the world is on Max Scherzer, understandably so, for this game on Wednesday. The Cardinals, though, I will say, have a guy of their own in Adam Wainwright who's not too shabby himself. Wainwright is ready for this opportunity. 
how deep will he go? That's a question that we'll try to get into a little bit with our predictions and anticipating what's going to go on with this game. I put a tweet out at bshafer12 earlier on Tuesday night asking if folks had any questions or topics they'd like for me to discuss in this podcast. And one of the questions that I received was a good one from STL Mizzou 89 Can the Cardinals still win without a shutdown performance from Wayno of at least six innings? And there were two replies. Mine saying, yeah, it's a pretty good question. And another reply saying, no, the Cardinals cannot win without a shutdown performance from Wayno of at least six innings. I'm going to say they can. I don't think Adam Wainwright needs to go six innings in this game. I know I'm kind of interjecting into what I had said were my postseason predictions. I'll get I'll get into it at the end. I did say at least NLCS for the Cardinals. My viewpoint has changed from necessarily stopping them at the NLCS, and I'll explain a little bit why in the breakdown here before I leave tonight. But the question as to whether the Cardinals need that kind of dominant performance from Wainwright, I don't think they do. I think in a wild card game setting, you've got to be prepared to expect the unexpected. You've got to be prepared for things to happen that you're not necessarily anticipating. And sometimes that means... The flow of the game just dictates you feeling a little better about cutting a start short. I don't think the Cardinals have to do that with Adam Wainwright. If you watch the wild card game on Tuesday of the American League between the Yankees and Red Sox, Boston emerging victorious, you know Garrett Cole was out of that game pretty quick after giving up a couple of runs. He only got through two innings. You know that Nate Ivaldi for the Red Sox carried the load for Boston. He had a ton of strikeouts and was very good for them. Obviously, his team emerges victorious, but he just goes a five and a third innings and gives up one run, eight Ks. So that kind of outing didn't go super deep into the game, but they didn't ask him to. And I think in a postseason winner-take-all scenario like this one, that's kind of the idea. You're going to have a fully rested bullpen, and if you're the manager, Mike Schilt, I think you're willing to trust those guys and go to those guys a little bit earlier than you would otherwise if it weren't a winner-take-all, win-or-go-home kind of scenario that being said if Adam Wainwright is Adam Wainwright you can let him go six seven plus innings that's definitely a possibility I imagine the Dodgers would be more than happy to let Max Scherzer do that if he's mowing down Cardinals with what we've seen from Max Scherzer recently he's had a couple of stumbling blocks in a row outings that he was not at his best that being said everybody is still pretty confident thinking Max Scherzer coming into this game is the guy that you want to have on the mound I just want to caution against that when when you're the Cardinals and say Adam Wainwright is the guy that they would want to have on the mound. I don't think the Cardinals at all are concerned about this pitching matchup. I think they'll tell you they feel they've got the edge when they've got their guy rested and ready to go a full weeks of a full week of rest, I should say, coming into this one. And Wainwright's been pitching pitching pretty well of late. Look at the stats for Scherzer. His last two outings, five innings on September 23rd, gave up five earned runs. And then five and a third on the 29th gave up six runs, five earned, 11 hits, and a couple of home runs. Three homers in his last two outings. You'd have to go all the way back to August 21st to find the previous homer given up by Max Scherzer. So he goes, looks like five outings in a row without one at all, and then gives up three in his last two outings over 10 and a third inning. And so you could look at that and say, is Scherzer maybe not at his sharpest right now? I think you have to throw all that out the window you, you kind of have to throw out Adam Wainwright's recent numbers out the window. This is a unique situation. It's just going to be balls to the wall, all or nothing. See what these guys have in them and, and what they're able to do. From a Cardinals perspective, six innings, Cardinals don't really need that from him. Do you want to maybe get him through the, the order twice? Would that be ideal? 
Sure, but that could look like four-plus innings. That could look like five innings, potentially, depending on how many hits he gives up. In a perfect world, he's not giving up any runs, maybe just one, perhaps two. I think the Cardinals could get away with five innings, two runs from Adam Wainwright on the mound. I think they could get away with that, and I think they could still find a way to win this game. This game could go down to the end. In a perfect world, I think it probably does. The odds of you outslugging the Dodgers and having them packing it in by the seventh inning, not very high to me. Not against Max Scherzer, not against the bullpen over there, which is very capable as well. I don't think Dave Roberts has to be too concerned if Scherzer does, for whatever reason, give up a couple of early runs tonight the way that Garrett Cole did. He could go to his bullpen and I think have a little more confidence than Aaron Boone maybe would have had in the Yankee bullpen tonight, not able to get it done. They lose 6-2, to two, or I believe it was 6-3. to three. Stanton hit that late home run. And so you look at it from that perspective, the Dodgers should feel comfortable. I think the Cardinals could feel comfortable in a similar way because of what we've seen from the St. Louis bullpen down the stretch run of the season. If Wainwright goes four or five innings, I, I don't think that's the end of the world, and I don't think you have to, you know, there's all these questions about the postseason roster and the wild card game roster. They can set a different roster for the wild card game than the National League Division Series, and so it's just a one-off. And the question of who are they going to bring? Will they bring extra starters in case they need them? To me, you're only seeing an extra starter like a Michaelis or, you know, I don't know who else. Jay Happ, potentially. You're only seeing these guys, if they're even on the roster, which hasn't been announced as of, as of Tuesday night, as of this recording. You don't necessarily need all of those starting pitchers, as we've talked about before, on the one-game roster. None of them are going to get into the game unless it, something happens to Wainwright really, really early. Because even if you get through two or three innings and you're Adam Wayne, right, you don't need a starter to come in and save you to get you to, to save the bullpen. This is it. This is for the season. And so you're going to have those guys ready to roll. It's going to be Alex Reyes in the fourth or fifth inning. You're going to be okay with that. It's going to be Henesis Cabrera early. TJ McFarlane, Luis Garcia, Giovanni Gallegos. I mean, all these guys are probably going to pitch in this game on Wednesday. You know, that's distinctly possible. Unless Adam Wainwright does have a masterful performance where he goes seven or eight innings and in a wild card game setting, probably as a manager, you can't let that happen even if your pitcher is doing a tremendous job just because it is the National League rules and you will have to, to bat for it. It's always going to depend on game situation. Mike Schultz going to love having Adam Wainwright in there for as long as he can, but realistically, if it is a closely contested game the way that we project that it, that it ought to be, you're probably going to turn to your bench at some point in the middle innings. And that's another conversation to get into. What are the Cardinals going to do with their bench? We know they're carrying an extra group of taxi squad kind of guys with them. Saw from Los Angeles today the reports from the workout. Cardinals are probably looking at a 14-position player, 12-pitcher roster. And so you look at the position players, it's not easy. Pardon me, it's not difficult to project. Bader, Carlson, Newtbar, O'Neill in the outfield, that's four. Infielders, Arenado, Carpenter, DeYoung, Edmund, Goldschmidt, Rondone, Sosa. That's seven. They've got 11. Two catchers, Kisner and Molina, makes 13. They're going to add one more. It's probably Yepes or it's probably Ali Sanchez. If I had to guess, I would think Ali Sanchez would perhaps make the most sense for this game. I would say in the NLDS, Juan Yepes could be on that roster if they're looking for a little bit of an extra boost. Or they might go 13-13 and and add an extra pitcher for the long series. That's a distinct possibility as well. Just depends on the way they want to approach it. I think over a long series where you are going to have to roster four starters, maybe a fifth one, probably just four though. Um, and then if there's an injury, you could add a fifth one if you had to. 
In that situation, you may have to go 13-13 and just because of the fact that it's what they did during the regular season, for one. Uh, although, toward the end of the year, that wasn't a factor because he had the 28-man roster, a couple of extra roster spots, and so it wasn't really a concern. But when you look, there's 13 staple position players for this roster. The 14th, if you want a third catcher, really is what it boils down to in the wild card game because you don't have the luxury of later on in a series say there's an injury to Molina or there's an injury to Andrew Kisner, you don't have the luxury of then coming back and saying, well, we're going to add him to the roster, Ali Sanchez, as another catcher. In that one game, if disaster would really strike, you don't want Paul DeYoung or whoever it would be having to to catch in the wildcard game. So I'm cool with that. If they're going to go 14-12, I think as interesting as Juan Yepes and getting him right in there might be, I think Ali Sanchez probably the prudent call just for break glass in case of emergency kind of situation. You look on the pitching side, how could the Cardinals want to approach that? Well, you know Wainwright's going to be the starter. You look at the bullpen, and I'll try to count this effectively. Whitley, Reyes, Andrew Miller is three. T.J. McFarland, four in the bullpen. Luis Garcia is five. Gallegos is six. Hennessy's Cabrera is seven. They said they're going to carry Jack Flaherty. That's eight in the bullpen, plus Wayno is nine. You need three more. Who's your secondary starter in case, like, Wainwright legitimately blows up in the first inning or gets injured in the first inning, first batter of the game, pulls something, can't continue, where you need a few innings before you can really dip into your bullpen the way you want? Is that Jay Happ? Is that Miles Michaelis? Michaelis could be certainly on the roster if you've got three spots to deal with. The guys that you maybe wouldn't be looking at, we're talking about the starters pretty much. Jake Woodford has been serving as a starter. Could he serve as a long reliever? Yeah, but that's more NLDS. You wouldn't need a long reliever necessarily in a wild card game because even if it's three innings for Wainwright, okay, you go right into Alex Reyes, you go right into your guys and assume that your core six, Cody Whitley is someone that you could perhaps consider in the middle innings if you had to. You're going to go to your core relievers and they're going to get you to the end of the game because it's each inning is like its own game. And you've got to try your damnedest not to allow any more runs, especially if you're in a scenario where your starter didn't go very deep and you've got a deficit. And so that's why it's all about the relief arms. Jack Flaherty could be a guy that would throw one inning. I mentioned him outside of the starters and count him among this roster because he's not a starting pitcher right now. You can't have it in your mind that Jack Flaherty counts as a starting pitcher because he's not going to serve that role for this team in the postseason. He just can't. He's only thrown one inning and he's done it a few times and that's going to be pretty much his max 15 to 25 pitches. Maybe you get him into a second inning in in the right scenario, but I don't really know why they would push him when they've got all of this extra depth that they will have in the bullpen, especially on Wednesday when everybody's rested. But an inning for Flaherty, not outside the realm of possibility by any stretch of the imagination. And so you've got your nine pitchers with Wainwright. We talk about Dakota Hudson. I think he would be interesting just because he's been a reliever before, he's been a starter before, he looks good on the mound, and so he's somebody that I think you, you, you'd want to have on that roster just uh, as, a, as an option. You just never know the way the game is going to flow and if Dakota Hudson can end up being – I mean, they could strictly use him as kind of a T.J. McFarland from the right side, a ground ball specialist. You remember when he first came up in 2018 as a reliever, Dakota Hudson was kind of that guy who could get you ground balls if you needed him. And so I think a right-handed TJ McFarland is a fine role for Dakota Hudson in a wild card game scenario. Now, 
they may not ideally want to use that because they do have to think about the next series and how would they line up their rotation. My assumption is John Lester game one, which is why I say you might not see him on the wildcard game roster Wednesday. You could put him on the roster and have him be in, in case of emergency guy only. And if you have to use him and that means that he can't pitch in game one on Friday, so be it. You could go Miles Michaelis there, whatever. It's just going to depend on which guy between Michaelis, Lester, Hap. You figure one of those guys is going to be on the roster. Lester is targeted for game one, and so probably not him. And so if it's Hap, you know, he's he's a veteran guy that I think if, it, if it's an all-hands-on-deck situation, they would perfectly be comfortable having Hap in, in, on the roster anyway. Kwon Young Kim is interesting because he was a starter, has now been a reliever. I don't personally have a lot of confidence in him in a relief role, and if you, you bake all of that into the fact that it's a one-game do-or-die scenario, I don't love the idea of having to use him. I think it's more than reasonable, though, to have him on the roster just because you want to have balance, you want to have options from either side, and so KK makes a lot of sense in that regard for the Cardinals on Wednesday. Like I said, I don't think Woodford necessarily, and so if I had three spots, we were talking about maybe Hudson, maybe KK, and then pick a starter between Hap and probably Michaelis if you're going to leave Lester off. That's kind of what the wild card game roster for the Cardinals would look like to me. It just comes down to those last few spots, really, and you could argue back and forth about Ali Sanchez, Juan Yepes. In an ideal universe, it doesn't matter. The Cardinals don't end up needing either of those guys, but it's something you got to think about if you're managing this roster for one game. And if you're John Mosellock, if you're Mike Schilt, building the game plan for this roster – you're thinking about those late-game scenarios before the game even begins. You're thinking about them as you days ago, as you pr- presumably decided what that roster would be. I know the Cardinals already know what it would be. Just because they haven't announced it as of the recording of this podcast doesn't mean they're not fully informed and the players are fully informed on what that is going to look like. So that's kind of the way it breaks down for me. I think the Cardinals have plenty of reasons to be confident in the personnel that they're bringing to the table here. But that's where I am with the Cardinals roster. I would go Sanchez. I think I'd go KK Hudson and probably Jay Happ or Miles Michaelis. You can pick that last spot in either scenario. I'm probably not using either of those guys. You could almost make an argument for Woodford just because he has experience out of the bullpen and that you'd feel comfortable more so with him in an inning of relief than Michaelis or or Happ or Lester just because it hasn't really been their role. But you kind of have to throw rolls out the window a little bit in the wildcard game. I understand that. We're talking about the end of the roster. Ideally, it's Wainwright and then the core six relievers, which are, to me, I'm counting Cody Whitley among that group. And then you go, you've got Reyes. This isn't an order of operations necessarily. I'm just listing off names. Whitley, Reyes, McFarland, Luis Garcia, Giovanni Gallegos, Genesis Cabrera. Those six are the ones you'd like to use. Andrew Miller in a very specific scenario that happens probably only with extra innings. You don't, It's not your first choice. If you've got lefties, you've got McFarland, you've got Henesis Cabrera. Those are your lefties you're going to bring out first. And that's just a reason. If you're talking to Andrew Miller at that point, you might want a KK in there. You know, Those are just options that you have to work your way through if you're Mike Schilt. That's another reason Jay Happ could be interesting, right? Because it's just another left-handed option. I'd almost be more comfortable giving Hap an opportunity over KK just based on recency and the way those two have performed. So uh, Cardinals have options. I think they've got good ones. Adam Wainwright is a great one, and he's going to start this game for the Cardinals. And so 
see how far he can go, see how effective he can be through two turns, and then you start to monitor him really quickly. Obviously, they'll be monitoring him before that, but if things are going well, I don't think there's really any reason to to make a move until you start to consider that third time through the order. But it's going to matter based on pinch hitting opportunities, based on score of the game, how the offense is looking against Scherzer, how everything's coming together with the game plan. All of that will be in consideration. So I, I dove in, Blake. Blake Schulte asked the question of who I'd leave off the playoff roster. Nobody that you've seen to me is getting left off. I'm not, you know, Matt Carpenter is going to be there as a bat off the bench from the left side. Are you the most confident in him compared to anybody else across the league, other benches, the Dodgers bench? I mean, the Dodgers are loaded. They One through 13 position player-wise, they've got good talent. Cardinals have some young guys that have contributed more recently. Carpenter, I know it's been a struggle for him, but he's going to be on the roster. There's just no way that he wouldn't be. And so uh, that's kind of, I think, maybe the way that Blake and some others who have asked about the roster were thinking is, is, is somebody like a Carpenter going to be left off? No is the answer to that question. Mike asks, is Joe West doing the plate a good or bad thing for the Cardinals? Yes, Joe West will be behind the plate. Thought he had umpired his final game of his illustrious career in St. Louis over the final homestand. That was to be the plan, but not so fast. He's also going to be behind the plate for the wildcard game on Wednesday. And I replied to Mike on Twitter, and I'll repeat it here. I said, hot take, won't have any impact, and you'll hardly notice him. That's a bold take, I know, but I'm going to say that the, the Joe West factor won't be a factor in the wildcard game tomorrow. You'll be so caught up in the action itself, he'll he'll umpire a decent enough game to where he will not be the storyline. Bold take, hot take, very interesting prediction for me, especially when you talk about Joe West and his reputation. But that's that's the way I see it. I think it's going to. I'm not. I'm predicting the umpire is not a factor. Wildcard games, things can get weird. So I know that I might be going out on a limb with that prediction, but that's where I'm at right now. Uh, Shelby asked, how could it be Juan Yepes has his MLB, MLB debut in the wildcard game? Yeah, so it's a possibility, right? You look at the stories of what's going on from the field in Los Angeles today. He took batting practice, as did Ali Sanchez, with more of the regulars. And so it kind of indicates that they could be prepping him for the possibility of actually getting into a game, taking a big, big at-bat late. I would be surprised if you had to see him in the field, but taking an at-bat, I think Juan Yepes could be interesting. And so the question of, you know, what would that look like? It would look like a, a guy off the bench who's got some talent trying to to, to get, get it done for his team in a big moment. Like, I know it's kind of strange. We've seen similar things to this before. Top of my head, I can't think of a perfect example, but you've seen guys in October that you didn't see during the regular season, and somehow they end up getting on the roster and potentially having an impact. I don't know about having an impact, but certainly getting the opportunity to do so. Let's talk about Juan Yepes, who's been a riser through the minor league system. Remember when the Cardinals got him, he was just a teenager in the Matt Adams trade with the Atlanta Braves. And I had said at the time, I didn't see him being somebody that had a future. It was just a throw in, uh, you know, a, a lottery ticket prospect. Basically, the Braves got Matt Adams for free. Well, as it turns out, it wasn't free. And, and Juan Yepes, I think 2022 certainly will be a season of Juan Yepes. You'll see him on the Cardinals bench more likely than not. Even straight out of spring training is, is kind of the expectation. It's got to be added to the 40-man roster as well. And so that's going to factor in. But he's been a guy that steadily climbing through the ranks has just hit wherever he's gone and has been really impressive in what he's been able to do for the Cardinals minor league 
affiliates. You look at his numbers, 2019 had a collective 789 uh, OPS, I should say, and that's pretty good, not great, not otherworldly, not the kind of year that's necessarily going to catch anybody's eyes, but then takes 2020, and evidently whatever he was able to do during that 2020 season, it worked because he came back hitting better than he ever had before, a 958 OPS at Springfield, and then gets the promotion pretty quickly to Memphis where he was even better, 971 OPS, a 289 average, 382 on base, and a 589 slugging percentage. He slugged 22 home runs and just 357 plate appearances and is a guy that's got pretty decent plate discipline. I mean, everybody seems to strike out, but just 69 Ks and 357 plate appearances, 42 walks, and so that's a pretty decent ratio is a guy who hit 25 doubles. So you've got the power. You've got the ability to get on base. His plate profile, really strong. And so it makes sense that the Cardinals would want to have him as a potential postseason option off the bench for a bench that especially until recently when Rondon and Newt Barr started really to contribute, uh, the bench had not been a strong suit for the Cardinals. And so Yepes would be an option as a right-handed hitter off the bench. Again, he's defensively first base, third base, outfield, kind of a, a hodgepodge, but not necessarily a strong suit of his. More so, it's about his bat. And so you get him onto the roster if it's a wild card game. Is he the first righty off the bench? Probably not. I assume if Enmundo Sosa is able to make the start, he will do so. Checked out over the weekend okay from everything that we understand. And so I, I figure it'll be Paul DeYoung off the bench for the Cardinals from the right side. You'll have Matt Carpenter. From the left side, you'll have Lars Newtbar mixing in as well. And then depending on the way they go with the third catcher, I'd be surprised you see Andrew Kisner used as a pinch hitter, even if they have Ali Sanchez on the roster. But generally, you, you've got Yepes. If you really want to take a shot at somebody, it's really going to be Yepes or Ali Sanchez, I think. Yepes would be interesting, though, if they want to go that route. I don't think they probably will, but I could, I could envision it, certainly. And if they do, I don't think they'll hesitate to use him. I don't think they're going to put him on the roster if they decide to do so and, and not have that be somebody they're willing to take a shot with if the situation should arise. So it's kind of my thought there on Juan Yepes and answering some of the other questions that Twitter had for me this evening when I put it out there. That's mostly everything that came out from the little tweet that I put up. Alex asked, do you think Cardinals Twitter and probably the Dodgers organization as a whole will implode on itself when Matt Carpenter hits a pinch hit, go ahead, home run? In the top of the eighth inning, yes, uh, that would be just like old times. You know Matt Carpenter against the Dodgers. It's happened before. It's happened before. Volcanic Goats asks, uh, who do you expect to be first out of the bullpen if Wainwright struggles? How much of a hook does he get? I've talked about that to a pretty good extent so far. As far as first out, I think it depends on the situation. If it's the middle of the inning, you're comfortable with a guy like TJ McFarland, maybe even Luis Garcia coming in. Clean inning, I think Alex Reyes is more of an option because he might be somebody that can give you one inning, two innings, just depends how it goes. They'll be perfectly happy to use everybody in their bullpen, so you probably don't need two innings from Reyes. But we saw Reyes be that kind of bridge man at points after he was removed from the closer role, so I don't think that's out of the question either. McFarland, Garcia, like I named the six guys. I think the the first out is going to be one of the three McFarland, Garcia, or Alex Reyes, depending on how early it is. If he gets deeper into the game, then you can go into kind of your seven, eight, nine order of operations and go from there. But they've got more reliable pieces in the bullpen than they had a couple of months ago. And that's the key to remember here that you should have confidence in the Cardinals.
because of. So quick hook, like I said, it's not going to be quick necessarily. Try to get him through a couple times through the order unless it's not going well. If he's given up a couple of runs, yeah, I expect him probably to take him out with some expediency just because you've got options. You don't have to try and allow him to work his way through it. It's just going to be one of those situations where, hey, Wayno, we love you, but at this point, if we think somebody else can give us a better shot the rest of the game to keep it close, that's going to be the route they'll go, and they, they won't hesitate in doing so, even even though it is Adam Wainwright. I don't think on either side the Dodgers nor the Cardinals management will have any problem going to the bullpen early. That is the way it goes in a wild card game. Even you look at the Red Sox, again, Evaldi, was really good tonight, gave up the one run, but in the middle of the sixth inning, even with the 8Ks, they said, that's enough, we're going to go to the bullpen, and that group held it down for the Boston Red Sox. So that's kind of the way I see it. That's really all the questions that I see that I'm going to answer from the Twitter sphere. but I did want to, before I get out of here, close up with talking about the predictions once more. Just for this game in particular, I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook online, Cardinals are plus 185 on the money line. Dodgers minus 225. So that means you'd have to put $225 up on the Dodgers in order to profit $100. Conversely, the Cardinals, you put up $100, you profit 185 if they win. So heavy, heavy favorites are the Dodgers with, with Max Scherzer scheduled to pitch for L.A. Not a surprise given the way the season has gone for the Dodgers. I totally understand it. But let me get into the postseason predictions. I did say I thought the Cardinals would make it at least to the NLCS. I'm still saying that. I think the Dodgers are no match for the Cardinals' devil magic. It's going to continue into this October. Should be a fun one for Cardinals fans. And so that brings the Cardinals to San Francisco to take on the Giants in what should be a fascinating NLDS. I've got the Cardinals, though, emerging from that one against the best record in the National League, the Giants. I think the Cardinals could get to the NLCS. From there, it's Braves or Brewers. It's a toss-up for me. The Brewers did not play impressively down the stretch. I could see a world in which the Braves should be the team that you're looking toward for this series. But I'm going to lean still toward the Brewers. I think it's going to be contested. I think at the end of the day, the Brewers pitching is going to be what gets them over the top. Maybe a little magic from Colton Wong. We'd love to see him have a good postseason series in that LDS. And I think it'll be Cardinals-Brewers. I'm going to stick with what I said a few weeks ago. Again, that's the toughest series for me to, to call as as far as all of them are concerned. Although I picked the Yankees over the Red Sox tonight, and I was wrong about that. But I still think White Sox and Rays are going to be your ALCS. I've got the Rays advancing over the Chicago White Sox. Rays were my preseason pick to win the AL in the regular season to advance to the World Series from that side of the bracket. I'm not deviating from that at all. Preseason, I did say that the Braves would beat them in the World Series. I just haven't quite seen enough from the Braves to remain with that pick. I think Acuna was certainly a part of that. Marcelo Zuna was a part of that. I like their offense much more than I do right now. I think they still have a very good pitching staff. They've got some starters. Charlie Morton can definitely get the job done. They've got a solid bullpen as well. I think the Braves are definitely a force to be reckoned with. But I think I'm going to lean with the Brewers in that NLDS, as I mentioned. Corbin Burns. Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, they've got that one, two, three punch in the rotation that I don't think any other team in Major League Baseball really can match. However, when you get into an NLCS against the Cardinals, a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of saying, yeah, I think that NLCS and then kind of see what happens. I don't really have a good feel for Cardinals, Brewers, what that would look like. And then the Cardinals pretty much handled the Brewers in their recent games over the course of that streak the Cardinals were on. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I I think the Cardinals can uh, can probably get it done. 
against Milwaukee in that setting. And so I'm saying the Cardinals are going to advance to the World Series. I do think the Rays beat them. If I had to, to pick it right now, I think it's going to be Rays over Cardinals in the World Series. Tampa Bay, just the way they operate, their pitching is out of this world. They they operate with that kind of bullpen game scenario better than any other organization in baseball. They know what they're doing with it. They know what they're doing with the platoon advantages on the offensive side. They don't have star players. I don't think they need to have them. I think the Rays get over the hump this year after making it to last year's World Series and falling to the Dodgers. I think this year is the Rays year. And so I don't know how Cardinals fans feel about that. Probably saying, oh, shut up. The Cardinals are going to take it all. That's great. I I think it would be fascinating and, and wonderful for them to do so. But that's just my pick heading into the postseason. But to get there, to have all of that unfold the way that I projected will, the Cardinals have got to get through the first game. And that comes on Wednesday night. Dodgers, Cardinals, it's Wednesday by the time you're listening to this. And if you're listening after Wednesday, probably only in the case of a Cardinals win. I can't imagine you'd want to go back and listen and and hear about what might have been if, if you already know the outcome and that it's a loss for the Cardinals. That would be kind of, you're sick. I don't really understand. But at any rate, appreciate you guys for listening would love to be able to do some more October postseason baseball podcasts the rest of the way, but for the, that to happen, the Cardinals have got to get it done on Wednesday. I guess I'll go on record and leave you with a score prediction. Wild card games are impossible to predict, and so to, to say how it's going to break down is kind of wild. I'm going to say Wainwright gets through 5-plus, two or fewer runs. The bullpen comes out, is pretty darn good for the Cardinals. The offense is going to make it happen. When you look at Arenado, when you look at Goldschmidt, when you look at Tyler O'Neill, when you look at the way Harrison Bader has been swinging it as of late, I think this team just has too many guys who offensively, defensively can take over a game individually. They don't all have to be on at the same time. Arenado, Goldschmidt, Tyler O'Neill, Bader. They don't. Edmundo Sosa, I mean, defensively, he could certainly be that guy off the bench. If it's DeYoung, if it's Newt Barr, you could you could see a scenario where those guys pitch in. It doesn't have to be all at once, but I think there, there are going to be enough pieces on this roster for the Cardinals to be able to get through in, in a do-or-die situation to score enough runs. I'm going to say it's Cardinals 5, Dodgers 4. I'm going to say they don't make it easy on you in the late innings. Bullpen probably gives up a run or two, but it ends up being a close win. I'll go Cardinals 5, Dodgers 4 in a thriller in Los Angeles. We're going to talk to you next time on Be Shafe Daily. If it's a Cardinals win... We'll be talking pretty soon. If it's a Cardinals loss, we'll have to wait and see. I'm sure we'll recap at some point in the next few days what that looks like and start to look into the offseason plan for the Cardinals. But that's not going to be the case. Cardinals are going to come away with Wednesday, and we'll continue and uh, be on our way to breaking down a NLDS series in San Francisco. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening to the podcast. This has been another edition of B-Shape Daily, and we'll talk to you next time. Peace.